Welcome to the Maple Grove Scripture Reading Podcast, Episode 7, Numbers 1 through 24. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Scripture Reading Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Spencer, and today we're going to be talking about the fourth book in the Old Testament, the book of Numbers. I just want to start off with the first verse from the first chapter in Numbers, and it says, The Lord spoke to Moses in the tent of meeting in the desert of Sinai on the first day of the second month of the second year after the Israelites came out of Egypt. And what I think is is most interesting about that is that it talks about the Lord speaking to Moses in the tent of meeting, and that is a change. If you remember when we talked about the end of Exodus, or talked in the end of Exodus, we talked about Moses having to not go into the tent of meeting because God's presence was there. So something has changed between uh, the end of Exodus and the start of the book of Numbers here, where Moses is able to get back into the tent of meeting and and converse with the Lord. And so I think what has changed is the book of Leviticus, you know, because the sacrificial system has been put into place. So the people have been able to be atoned for through sacrifices. Now, for the bulk of this uh, episode today, I just I want to talk about these this middle section in Numbers, this uh, from chapters eleven through twenty one, and the reason I want to talk about this is because we just see, yeah, you know, we've talked about this a lot all throughout this podcast. You know, the people of Israel, ever since the Exodus, they have um, continually seemed to have forgotten who God is and and complain. They rebel against God. They rebel against Moses. And, and we see this again um, throughout this section. So let me just start in, in chapter 11, uh, because you're going to see it kind of come to a head here in this section. In chapter 11, it says, Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. Okay, so again, they're complaining about their hardships, and they're doing it in the hearing of the Lord, and his anger becomes aroused here, and then fire comes among them and um, consumes some of the outskirts of the camp. You see that in the end of, of verse 1. And the people cried out to Moses, and he prayed for them. He stood in the gap like we've seen him do throughout uh, this journey that they've been taking. We see Moses continually uh, stand in the gap for his people. But that's about to change. Um, because, again, in, in verse 4, the rabble with them began to crave other food. And, again, the Israelites started wailing and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Remember, the manna is what they have been surviving on, this gift from God that they have been surviving on since they left Egypt. So I think it's it's interesting that, that again, they, they rebel, they complain um, against God and complain to Moses. But this time, Moses' response is not to stand in the gap. It's, it's not to pray for God to... Um, 
not destroy his people or anything like that. This time, his response is a little bit different. Let me read from verses 11 through 15. It says, He, Moses, asked the Lord, Why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their forefathers? Where can I get meat for all these people? They will keep their they keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, put me to death right now if I found favor in your eyes and do not let me face my own ruin. Wow. We have seen Moses stand in the gap for his people all throughout so far, all throughout this journey. And and now it seems that he's at the end of his rope. Um, you know... And he's saying to God, you know, why have you put the burden of all of these people on me? And I need to be either done with it or, or what? I mean, he's even to the point where he's, he said, if this is how you're going to treat me, then just go ahead and kill me now. And, and don't let me face ruin uh, from these people. Have you ever felt that way? Like you have been praying for somebody for so long and, and you just don't see any fruit from it or, or you just see um, them do the, the things they've been doing over and over and you're just getting tired of it and you're wondering why the burden of this person has fallen to you and, and you just want to throw up your hands and say, you know what, I'm done with it. Um, you, you know, It's better for me just to give up now than to waste more of my time with these people or you know, with this person. Have you ever, ever felt that way with, with people? Um, you know, uh, I think Moses had gotten to the end of his rope. All he had had, uh, at least from what we know from Scripture, is just complaining over and over and it doesn't stop here but what God does here is amazing because what he does is he takes 70 of Israel's elders takes some of the spirit from Moses and puts it on to these elders and he does it to help carry the burden of the people and so he's giving these elders responsibility to help carry the burden of the people and you know, he does that for us today. He does that for us as the pastors at, at at our church because we have elders. We have elders that can help carry our burden for these people, for for everybody in our church. Um, he can do it for you. He that's why we that's one of the reasons we live in a community. You know, that's that's one of the reasons that we have a community at our church is so that we can lift each other up and so that we can stand in the gap for people. And we don't have to do it on our own. We don't have to do it just by ourselves. That if you're praying for somebody and you're not seeing results or you're getting frustrated or or what you know, if you were in a small group or you have um, like accountability partners or somebody that you're your prayer partner, um, you have people there that that can stand in the gap with you or that can take some of that burden off of your shoulders um, and, and that can that can help. 
you so that you don't get burnout for one and and do something that you regret, which we're going to see happen with Moses. Even though we see these elders come alongside uh, Moses, we we don't see the fruit of that necessarily because uh, in chapter 20 we'll get to um, some more issues, uh, especially with Moses. And so that, that's just what I wanted to talk about there with that with that chapter. Um, we, we see the rebellion continue. We see Moses' sister Miriam, his brother Aaron. They they complain against Moses in chapter twelve. In chapter thirteen, we see the spies of Israel go into the promised land to scout it out, and ten of them come back and say, "This is impossible. This the cities are too fortified. The people are like giants. You know this this can't happen." Uh, we there's no way that we who have been traveling from Egypt for all of this time for two years, you know, we've been traveling from Egypt, and there's no way that we can take these people in their fortified cities. And there were only two of them that came back, Caleb and Joshua, who said, "No, we need to put our trust in the Lord." But the ten convinced the multitudes of people that that it was going to be impossible, and and this was. This cost an entire generation of people entrance into the promised land. There is another rebellion in chapter 16, and the rebellion of Korah, you know, where Korah comes along with like 250 other people. And and you see this rebellion again against Moses and Aaron and and, and God destroys these two hundred and fifty people and their families and and because they rebelled against Moses. You know, they thought that Moses was putting himself up there, putting himself ahead of the Israelites. Um I don't know. Did did they not know? Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't know that Moses stood in the gap you know stopping destruction of this people for for many times many times in scripture in, in this in what we've seen before and so you see this rebellion again and just the people complaining against Moses and then in chapter 20 you see again the people complaining that there is no water where they are and and so if you remember earlier Moses struck a rock with with his staff and water flowed from the rock and again God tells him but this time speak to the rock and this is in chapter 20 he says to speak to the rock and, and water will come forth but Moses doesn't do that. And again, I don't know if, if, I mean, Moses may have had a temper. I mean, he did murder somebody in his younger ages, but you would think with time going by that, that this wouldn't happen. But but here's here's what the Lord said in verse 7 of chapter 20. He said, uh, Take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so that they and their livestock can drink. And so Moses takes the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he was commanded. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And then Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? And then Moses raised his arm, struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushes out in the community and, and their livestock drink. Must we bring you water out of the rock? And then he strikes it. He didn't speak to the rock. He didn't do what the Lord commanded. 
And there's a price to pay for Moses and for Aaron. Verse 12, but the Lord said to Moses, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites. Because here Moses is trying is is really taking the honor because he's saying, you know, must we, right? Like he's got something to do with it. Um, must we bring water from this rock for you? And so Moses now is not going to come into the land, not going to enter the promised land. And that's, that's, that's sad to me because Moses had been there from the beginning. He was the chosen, the person chosen to lead these people out of Egypt. And it just got to the point where he didn't trust God. And so he's now not going to see the promised land or he's not going to enter into the promised land. And this, this is what you see in this, in this verse or in the, in this section, you just see rebellion. You see rebellion from the people. You see this not trusting God from Moses, not giving him the glory. And you just see this rebellion. This is just what stuck out to me during this reading this week. You just see this rebellion over and over. And apparently it stuck out too to the, the guys at the Bible Project because this is what they they wrote their blog on this week. They do a weekly blog. And I'll link to it in the show notes but uh, so you can take a look at it. But one of the things they talk about are these rebellions of Israel. And, and it just ramps up in intensity every time. And, you know, you can read this and feel disheartened. You you can read this and just feel bummed about what you're reading. And, and you may think that, you know, well, I, I never am going to act like this. Um but what they what they talk about in in the blog is you know numbers eleven through twenty one it holds up a mirror to the person who's reading them. What is happening to the Israelites here? This and, and the narrative of it, um, you know, they call it like a cartoon character caricature drawing where you, you have just a magnifying of what's going on, um, a magnifying things out of proportion, uh, and the point of it is trying to highlight something. So, you know, that's kind of where how they equate this here, that um, Numbers 11 through 21 are, are really bringing all of these stories up to highlight something about the human heart and mind and how fickle and short-sighted God's people can become. Because really, who can say that they've never been impatient in God, with God's timing in their lives? I mean, you see it all through Scripture, Abraham, Moses, um, the people of Israel, and that's who we are. And like they say, we forget to remember. We forget who we really are and who God has been for us. And we as Christians, we need to remember that too. We need to remember that we were once sinners, that we were separated from God by our sin, by our sinful nature. And we need to remember that. Like, you need to remember your history. You need to remember what you were before Christ got a hold of you and saved you. And that is an important thing. An important thing to remember. Because then you're not going to take it for granted. So that's where we're going to end it today. Next week, we're going to be finishing up with numbers, getting into the last book of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. And we'll be getting into Deuteronomy. 
And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to be finishing that as well and then moving into Joshua. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be in March, actually, so uh, the first bit of March. So looking forward to that. Uh, hope your reading is going well. Hope you're able to spend some great time alone with God. Thanks for listening again, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Maple Grove Christian Church Scripture Reading Podcast. You can find out more information about our church at our website at www.maplegrove.church. You can also follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MGCCBtown. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Thanks again for listening.